when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is very dangerous. I haven't updated the form at all. Wow. Yeah, we're just living, we're just soaring through the air without a Well, I mean, you know, usually when you update the form, everything goes smoothly. So, you know, I mean. It's bullfrog, bullfrog productions made theme hospital wow which is why yeah, i was like you frog- dug that from deep frog- in the memory banks that is a weird i, I loved theme, ho- theme hospital is one of the 11 <laughs> game, pc games game I like 20 years old 25 years old yeah God, man. 30 years old bullfrog though man syndicate 1997 syndicate felt so illicit i was like oh man, I hope my parents don't see me playing this game where I'm just like massacring civilians in the street at, <laughs> with my gang of little cyber thugs. Oh my God. Uh, it they rolled. Do, um, do the dungeon keep, du- not dungeon yeah, keep. Dungeon, keep. Dun- dungeon yeah. keeper. Yeah. I remember that little devil. Yeah. Two of those. They did. Uh, and then people have been trying to remake it for ages and uh, arguably discovering that there's maybe less to that idea than they thought. All right, here we go. Are we, that wasn't the start of the podcast? Yeah, we're in. No. What's yes. good, Internet? It's November oh 29th, God. and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, you know, episode ultimately. 445. <laughs> I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and today I'm joined by Patrick Klepek. Well, look, when you said you hadn't looked at the doc, I just assumed we were writing a new one. Yeah. Like, we were establishing our own new paradigm uh, with how the podcast starts, which is just going... Straight from the chit chat into the spot. Like, I mean, Kato knows you're gonna hand off your file. Yeah, you're like, look, you know, like Kato knows look, where the where ultimately this podcast started. Ultimately, I choose, right? I'm putting. <laughs> I'm, I know where this podcast started, and it was way before uh, Rob said what's good. <laughs> and there he is, producer Ricardo Contreras, uh, the back scenes, the the backstage tyrant of Waypoint Radio. Uh, so we're all back from a <laughs> holiday weekend. We've been playing some games, and we've hold on, also I have been... to reveal a shocking, a shocking discovery. Oh, what man. over the weekend? Okay, so um, during COVID, um, mm-hmm. one of my friends uh, they wanted a bigger TV. I tried to convince them for mm-hmm. their spot, like it would be better to get a projector, but they want they wanted the big ass TV. There was a sale, and so they bought a eighty inch. TV. They had a 70 inch TV and they just wanted a new one to go wait. up 10 inches. So wait, hold on. Has, he already had a big TV. He had a big TV. Wanted, wanted a slightly a bigger, bigger TV. TV. Wanted a slightly bigger TV. He watches sports and he has this spot where like as the TV grows bigger, he's close enough that it's just like an, such a towering presence in the room. I get it. I get it. He's single, has like a good job, like spend your money. That's that's what this is what I would be doing. Frequently he's the preview into like, what would I do if I wasn't spending the equivalent of an additional mortgage on childcare per month? I'd be buying a TV that's 10 inches bigger because I've convinced myself that's the path forward. So uh, TVs are so cumbersome to sort of like sell and they're so cheap that he he was like, hey, you know, weren't you looking to take uh, buy a TV or, uh, you know, a cheap TV to put in your garage? Because it was like this is pre-vaccines and stuff like this. So we're looking for a way to watch movies uh, in the slightly warmer garage. And so like, yeah. So I took his 70 inch, put that in our family room. And then I took my 60 inch 
old TV. It's like 12 years old at this point uh, and put that in the garage. Um, and one of one of my uh, uh, annoyances in my house is that when I uh, got a 4K TV for next gen, because I need I, I was like, I need to understand how this stuff works to like review it and all that. That's just in my office. But then it just means like I've only got a 4K TV in here. But the 4K thing I want to upgrade is my projector. And those are cost prohibitive. I've done some research. I should be waiting for like one other technical leap that's going to happen soon before I like jump off of uh, that and and spend $2,000, $3,000 on, on a fancy projector. Anyway, so I have been of the understanding, as I was told, that this 70-inch TV in my family room is a 1080p TV because <laughs> it is also old. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Over this holiday, and because the thing, the only way we interface with it is with the Apple TV that we have. Um, and the old Apple TV only spits out 1080. Um, and then I wanted to replace the like 15 year old Apple TV that barely works at my parents' lake house. I was like, hey, I'll get the new one. Eventually, I'll get a 4K TV, some kind of future proofing. I'll take our like mid tier Apple TV that'll go to lake house, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so, you know, over the, the uh, Black Friday or whatever, uh, Apple had a, a sale. It was like it wasn't on sale, but you got a fifty dollars gift card, and it's like that's basically fifty bucks off. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this thing. Go and pick it up on Sunday. Connect it to the TV. As uh, you know, it's doing its thing. There's not much to it. Um, like this looks exactly the same as what I had before, except with a not shit remote, and um, it's like a little bit faster. Great. Uh, but it's like, hey, uh, do, do you want us to like I'll detect your video settings or whatever? I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. Uh, and it's like, cool, we've turned on 4K HDR. And I was like, you did ex- you did what? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, and so I like look up the model of the TV, which I'd never done before. Um, and like it turns out that I've just like had a 4K TV like <laughs> sitting in my family room, <laughs> blasting out quality 1080 content for like the better <laughs> like a, like I don't know like 16 months. Uh, like fu- I'm furious. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> so of course, then uh, it's like okay, I guess I got to go pay. Did not realize you have to pay extra for Netflix to be in 4K. Furious over that. Um, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. As soon as like I've consumed The Witcher next month, Netflix is fucking gone. It's over. Uh, for you. <laughs> it's uh, I have no such choice. But it may be the kind of thing where. Uh, maybe I'm switching between billing cycles between the $12.99 and $17.99 mo- monthly plan. Uh, but I was just dying because then, of, of course, I, I all I did was then that I was like, I clicked the, you know, like info setting on the TV remote, which is like buried under somewhere else in our in our house. And it was like, oh, yeah, 2160. I was like, oh, all right. Well, OK, cool. so I do have questions now. Yeah, please. You said this is an old TV, though. It's kind of a piece of shit that's been sitting in the family room for it's ages. Not, it's not an old piece of shit, but it, it was old enough that in my head, it was bought during an era in which he did what I did, which yeah. was you could buy a 4K TV or you could get a much bigger TV and just have it be 1080. Kind of like what was happening with 3D TVs where it's like, yeah, you could pay an extra 500 bucks for these. But like, the thing I don't really- get is like. Back when you bought it, they would have been like, yo, this is a 4K TV. That would have been everywhere. I didn't ask my friend. I just, ass- oh, I just assumed just in my head, okay. in the timeline, I was like, we bought TVs. Like, uh, He bought it later than me, but I, would, I just assumed. Uh, okay, so was this a, was also an inherited TV. This is an inherited TV, yeah. Okay. So I just never bothered to look it up. <laughs> plugged in okay. the old Apple TV box. Never plugged in any devices that would like have 
uh, like a 4K uh, 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 sort of display that would like cue, like cue me in to the fact <laughs> that this thing was capable of doing a little bit more. Of course, and then like the the irony in all of this is that yes, look at me, I've got this 4K TV and it's 70 inches, like it's it's big, but I sit way back in the room, and so. I can't, I think I might just go back to paying for 1080. <laughs> like Netflix is like, I like I booted up like an episode of Arcane and I was like, I can't tell the difference when I'm across the fucking room. Like the, right. the only devices in the house that, that manifestly benefit from the 4K are in my office. Cause I'm extremely close. It's like right next to my desk. So, um, like 1080 stuff on the 4K looks crummy. And, uh, so like watching Arcane in my office on this TV is was miserable until I paid for the for the 4K because it looked how far back are you in your this so this are, are you in the, this this new this TV that you've discovered uh huh yes is 4K yes uh oh sorry there were a lot of TVs switching it's moving around here yes so true. are we talking the one you're sitting far away from yeah that's the one your your friend just gave you that's yeah that's when I got last summer okay that and this is dormant. now in the family room. This is now in the family room. But the family room but I, yeah, layout, you're still like a mile a, yeah, away from so the it's, wall. Yeah, we like the couches are like way on the other side of the room. It's it's not where we like do the primary movie watching. Like we watch Succession in that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's and like Disney Plus is on uh, oh, yeah. most of the day. Like it's really just meant to be like fancy background noise. Um, yeah. And so uh, it's nice that it has 4K, but it is like by being that at that distance, there's like no way to appreciate the extra detail because it's just lost to my lost to my eyes but just i've mm, just the revelation alone was was uh delightful um just, just really dumb <laughs> yeah okay so they're both inherited tvs because i was like there's no way you would have years no, ago I sprung for the yeah. 4k without no. like you wouldn't have paid that markup you wouldn't have done it no and that, that's what i did with my yeah the 60 inch tv was i don't think 4k was a thing then that back then this was like the uh, this was the the 3D stuff. So like maybe 4Ks existed on the high high end, but they were they were not like you know trickling down to the person buying a 17 to 1300 dollar uh, TV. And I, I I bought it on a different Black Friday sale where it was hey do you want this 3D? It's gonna be 10 inches smaller and like 300 bucks more. I was like no like give me the extra t- like 10 inches. Like, I don't give a shit about uh, uh, 3D. Um, and so I, I thought this fell. In that realm, but it 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 did not. Um, it's actually just like a totally decent Vizio 4K TV. Nice. Um, so, what did your friend cool. get? Was he getting a new OLED? Yeah, he got some, like some top of the top okay. of the line. I got the best buy points through it, which that was great Ooh. for me. Got a couple nice. of movies out of that. Nice. Um, <laughs> so I just you know what I got to do is I got to wait like another year uh, and then tell him I think he needs to buy a newer. T- hey, I, hey, ninety inch TVs are very affordable right now. I think you. I think you need to think about getting one, and it just, is, the cycle will begin anew. It is <laughs> shocking how like that how that market has reached a pivot point where like three years ago it was like we got a million fifty five inch uh, like screens, and then mm-hmm. anything more than that, it's like you better pay up because like we aren't making many of those right now. And now basically, it's like just whatever you want, like what like just take it. Uh, the markup is small. You're paying for a little more per big screen. Uh, it's it's weird to see that have happened because for a while it just felt like 
everything was 55 inch. You get 55 yep. inch or you could like mortgage your house to get something bigger. <laughs> and now it like has started to. Well, uh, now it's just, now it's just if you want to get the like OLED, right? Or like, I don't know. Like there's Even that, I think the OLED prices seem like they, they feel like they've come down a little it bit. It seems like it's hard to spend more than $3,000 on it. Like you really need to try hard to spend more than $3,000 on a TV. And that was not always the case. Oh, <laughs> right. God. Um, Weren't you going to buy a new TV? Wasn't I feel like you, you went through a whole research phase of buying. Thinking about yeah, buying I bought it. I bought you it. Do it? OK, I wasn't yeah, sure no, I've got a, okay. I've got a massive wall covering OLED. Uh, Damn. Like, so it was it was a great decision. Um, <laughs> have not like, honestly, it was it was extremely uh, I guess I can't quite get it in frame here. Oh, uh, your oh, your fancy new camera can't pivot all the way around. No, the camera's going to fall off the tripod and go. Clunk, clunk. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's big. Yeah, it big. That's big. It big. It big TV. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I did it. It was, it was a great decision. Um, the only thing is, man, a like huge 4k screen sure Mm. is merciless to less good sources. Like for instance, cable, uh, watching like watching sports through cable. Now it's like, this looks like shit. Oh, dude, it's it's like, and so uh, in my brain, once I figured this out, I was like, oh, you know, it's on in two hours. Uh, The Bears weren't playing on Sunday. So I mostly was like, just had Red Zone on, like on an iPad in the kitchen and would just check in on it. I was like, all right, I guess I'll do chores and hang out with my children uh, today. Uh, But then the the Packers uh, game was going to be, the Packers uh, Rams game was going to be on. I was like, oh. I'm going to I'm going to put that on 4K. That sounds baller. And then like the discovery that one uh, most sports content or at least like football is like just not displayed in 4K. And then two, well, I'm watching it through an app anyway. So it's a web stream and like that. Like it looks I mean, it looked well, it looked like the same garbage that I, I'm always used to seeing. Uh, I think maybe it just said HDR. So the colors are like a little bit better. Like that's about it. Yeah, no, it, it mostly sucks. And what's really annoying is um, so at least I think you've got Comcast, too, right? I do. Oh, I'm in Comcast country. Like that's yeah. You, you can technically get AT and T, but right. It's not like even, we've chosen. Even their, even their website suggests uh, you don't want you don't want this. Like we <laughs> offer it, but don't. No, you you live you live in the Comcast domain, as do I. Uh, Kato, you're on Verizon, right? Yeah, but just for internet, yeah. I don't got TV. Yeah. Um, I have someone else's login for TV. I should be specific. <laughs> I have Comcast internet and then a oh. second Comcast login. Okay, so I got the little cable box and all that shit, but here's the thing that's really annoying. Uh. So through the cable box, it all looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, pretty much like everything. It's compressed to shit. Um, you'd be like, the cable box is like, we'll put out in 4K. And that's true, what? but like, it's still a really compressed signal. Uh, so it's like also also depends so much on the source like every broadcaster is different and it's just a but ultimately it's it's classic like resolution does not equal bit rate type thing Uh, however for special events uh, you open your open up your little cable box and Comcast is like we're showing this one in 4k and so this weekend they were showing Michigan Ohio State in 4k and I was oh. like, you know, I'm nostalgic enough for living in the Midwest. Like that's a sure like Wolverines football. I know who Jim Harbaugh is. Yeah, exactly. So I turned that on, turn on their 4K broadcast of that. Um, and immediately I'm like, holy shit. 
Uh oh. Like this. Holy see, this, shit. See, this, this is why I've like avoided having 4K keys <laughs> in my house because once you've had a taste of the elixir, dude, um, it's like you can read like you can read the jersey names on the wideouts on the opposite side of the field from where the camera is and shit. I, like I, it's, I feel like all that's telling you is just how bad the how bad we've been watching it for oh yeah decades now. Yeah, so it was yeah it was bittersweet because on the one hand it was like a great like snowy game in Michigan. Uh, it was just full of like homesickness and nostalgia for like exact like you you know you the see encoding, images yeah. and you're like hold I know exactly that what that feels like. Pardon? Did the encoding hold up to the snow? Yes, it Good did. Point. Wow. 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 Dude, like no, the image <laughs> didn't break up at all. Uh, it was it was perfect. So it quite was like, frankly, amazing. It, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. Uh and so the entire day like damn like just watching this game like really nostalgic for for home, but I was also like yeah, this is what sports should look like with modern technology, but they just don't because the infrastructure doesn't really support this format at all. Um and so it yeah, I inevitably eventually like you're going to have to cut the cord to get good sports feeds because they're going to be offering 4k through like their fucking apps and the network broadcast is going to look like shit. Yeah. That's yeah. Actually that makes sense. Isn't aren't they about to do some shit where you can get 4k over antenna? Is that new? Cause I know that I know that over the air has always looked tremendous. Like over the air is completely different yeah. than cable. Uh, if you get a clear signal, the bandwidth over the air is just like dwarfs the compressed signals you're getting through the uh, coax in uh, in cable. So I don't know if they. I, I thought they were already doing 4K, but I but I do know it's just like pretty widely accepted that if you have an aerial, uh, it looks fucking fantastic. But and it's I don't. free. <laughs> I do. That's how I watch the yeah the parade. I looked into show. this once. <laughs> I looked at this once though, but then you gotta like find your own DVR solution because like the like if memory serves, when DVRs first surfaced, it was like consumer products. Like it was like a VHS recorder, right? You just right. do whatever you want with it. But can you can you and just buy this in the in in the in the in, under the assumption that you're doing it for live events that you don't need to DVR? Right. That's exactly. This is how I watch the the, Why wouldn't the dog show on Thanksgiving and the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Because like you're like it's just a different input you're switching to. I need to like, be able oh, to, I to watch the football up. game. I need to be. Oh, I need to be back like. It up? Man, this is this. See, this, is like, what? <laughs> see look, this is why Rob can't do these things because <laughs> Kato and I are like, yeah, like uh, just watch the Macy's Day parade, I guess. And he's like, but what if I want to see that Snoopy float again? Like, I can't. I can't. He was going in space. Possibly. I don't know even know what that was about, but Snoopy was an astronaut. And I was like, way to go, Snoopy. I hope that wasn't like a SpaceX uh, like supported float. <laughs> anyway, point is, no, like, you know, Patrick, I I need to be able to, like, if I see a great play in football, I need to be like, I need to see what coverage that defense was in because I can read coverages. I've listened to a, feel like I've listened to a football podcast or three. I I know what a stick route is. Yeah, a nickel formation three four four. Uh, I see. I feel like that's, that's what just my like my curated sports Twitter feed is for. Is like when a cool thing happens, then it just like gets clipped by one of you know a dozen analysts. Someday they're going to. Someday someone's going to teach Brian uh, Baldinger to use like Premiere. 
No, and he shouldn't. No, he, <laughs> no, he I sh- want. I continue to explain what this is. Is like th- there's uh, it's fairly popular now. But my understanding is this this guy, uh, this analyst, uh, Brian Baldinger, sort of popularized uh, this method of a film analysis of like uh, is is holding up his the camera on his phone to like his computer monitor and oh just talking God. over it and like oh yeah, this specifically would infuriate you, Kato. Yeah, um, <laughs> just and like what? scrub scrubbing through a video over and over frequently in like excruciating slow motion but you've got the flicker on the screen and like glare oh. and like there's a whole um <laughs> it created a whole sort of uh kind of cottage industry or was part of like this like you know uh a creation of a cottage industry of of like you know analysts who like well what they have access to is film and a camera they they're not you know on TV and whatever, um, but he still does it. <laughs> like now he's like you know fully employed at you know Fox or whatever, and he's still putting out clips on Twitter where he's growling into oh look at look at how these 49ers line up and look <laughs> I, they got a game wrecker over here like, <laughs> like look how hungry he is. I still watch it because they big man me get up. fed. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, but here, here's what I will say. One, his enthusiasm is completely genuine. Like right, he, that's why, yeah. He, like, he lives this sport. And two, he actually is a genius for analyzing line play. Like, yeah, it's it, it's like one of those things where you're like, it sort of the coin drops when you sort of, like, watch his breakdowns or you realize that, like, you hear this a lot, but until someone explains it, you can't really see it. Like, that there's kind of a football game within a football game happening just in terms of the line play. Uh, the, the two teams are calling like there's the there's the there's the big play that's being run but then like the quarterback micromanaging, throw ball is yeah like what, how most people think of football and then it's like oh well all the kind of like micro things yeah. that are happening uh, uh but anyway so yeah uh some days can't, like, can't watch that in 4k rob huh no can't watch well <laughs> i mean the, i think the lesson here is we could it just wouldn't really it would just show up the weaknesses of brian's uh presentation well, I, don't know. I guess, I guess he's if he's got a, if he's the, got a brand new iphone 13 like those probably yeah. should be 4k by default so maybe well, we're getting <laughs> so here's the other thing though <laughs> even all the shit i've got like if i want to capture something off like tv the easiest thing for me to do is just shoot the fucking screen because like the amount of copy protection now that just like eliminates any ability to pipe feed out to a computer is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I have a decent setup now that I like engineered as part of like reorganizing my office. But the problem is I, I now that everything's 4K, you know, uh, these you know 120 FPS, like if you want to maintain all of that, like I have a capture card, uh, but like I can't like I'd rather just put everything into a splitter and then like run it through one cable and then I can just like click through things. But I can't do that because I'm going to lose like X number of features in the process because not everything has caught up. So it's yeah, it's like you said, you just have this fucking snake of a uh, of cables. I have it. I have it down fairly well at this point where I only have like two steps that I have to do to, to well, load it into my capture card. It's not card just that though. Like if monitor. there's a ton of stuff that if it detects it's going to a capture card, the capture card won't like read it. It'll be like, sorry, this is uh, HDCP protected. Mm hmm. And so, like, I am so like in the back of my head for my next iteration of like the home theater office setup. Uh-huh. Are we finished with this iteration? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
For the next, for the next you know, stage, people, of this beautiful people, people in the culture like to uh, criticize the MCU, but I feel like we're in, like the Rob CU is constantly going through phases. Point is, <laughs> what if now everything just piped into a really sick splitter, and the yeah. splitter just sends stuff to the capture card and to the receiver, and so all the shits go into the receiver and like being processed there. I'm like, I'm. I think I TV. looked into this. The problem is the splitter you want does not exist yet to do what you want to do. <sighs> Which is just legally rip my own shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely legal. By the way, that is mostly what I want to do <laughs> is like, if I see something funny on TV, like the shit, I should be able to like fuck around with that. And I can do that with my camera. But anyway, point is, mm-hmm. uh, all these things will be solved. Is there an time. output on the, is there a second out on the receiver? That you could use and then put the splitter I've tried, in? Kato, I have lost I have lost so many hours <laughs> trying to use the too. second HDMI out uh-huh. from the receiver yeah. to solve this exact problem. Here's the issue. Hmm. Uh, as far as the receiver is concerned, the audio is already processed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what it sends along to out two is just video. Um, ah. Now, I think there's some, I think different ones, there might be a way I could sort of, there, because the you need second a pass out. Through. You need a true pass through, right? And yeah. Maybe, maybe, I would but double like, check my those. My capture card is. Right. Your cap, like, but you want it to hit the receiver first and then go to the capture card. So, no. So, what I'm thinking is maybe at this point, one thing goes straight to the capture card. And then something else goes to the receiver and just becomes the feed for like the screen and the, and the sound system. You know what I mean? So like at that point, the receiver does its own thing, but nothing is going through the capture card to the receiver or vice versa. Um, that's just what's sort of rattling around. You're, you're still head. dealing with HDCP shit. I have heard mm-hmm. that some splitters, um, just as a weird byproduct yeah, just of how you split, to, yeah, exactly. just strip the HDCP right the fuck out. Whoops. Uh, I have, there, there was a note in the one I bought ages ago that I don't use anymore for this current setup that was like, so this should not be used to uh, circumvent uh, the copyright protection <laughs> enshrined in your various hardware devices. This this is not the intended use of this product. I was like, oh, thanks. We definitely <laughs> didn't charge $400 for this otherwise oh. simple piece of kit. Excuse me? Uh, There's some no of way. the really high-end splitters oh go... Oh, my God. Like, and, like, they, they seem to be priced up in part because in certain circles they are known for really cleanly uh, and losslessly Maybe just getting that copyright uh, protection just straight out. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Just a coincidence of the firmware. Just like, ah, look at that code. Yeah. Because I think this got way harder with UHD uh, because, like, UHD, I think, is attended by more robust copyright in general. Uh, so it it became a harder problem to solve. Anyway, I am just now, like, this is all stuff I vaguely looked into. Uh, I will report back when I start doing this in, in greater earnest. Uh, oh, I have to have some you, conversations with Alex and Brad about, um, <laughs> I need to, apparently I need to get a DVD drive, uh, like flashed, um, to give it some special properties. 
that will allow me to, again, back up my own stuff. It's just what I want to do. I'm mm-hmm. not, no one's going to mm-hmm. stop you. Mm-hmm. You will not stop yourself. And I've, this is the thing. I've, give, I've given up trying. <laughs> you have to, like, you basically have to, like, learn piracy to yep. back up your own stuff. Yeah. That's 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 how mm-hmm. it like it's like and, and once and once I have learned those skills, look, <laughs> society, society look. made me into this. See, at this point, at this point, uh, I know enough people with Plex servers that they've just done that work for me. Why do I need to back up any of my own stuff when everyone else is backing up their stuff? And I can just access. I already it. feel so guilty, though, like routinely going to friends with Plex servers and being like, hey, do you have this? I have it on disk, but like uh, I want it, I want my own copy. Do you have it on MKV? And they do. And I'll like, yeah, I'll just take that. You're good at this. <laughs> but the, but then there's some there's then there's some weird shit that I am probably the only person uh, that, that's going to have it like nobody else is going to care about the spiral staircase, but me. Uh, anyway, point is, <laughs> speaking of uh, being surrounded by the detritus of your decisions, of your life, uh, Patrick, you've been playing Unpacking. I think you're done with it now. <laughs> you've you finally you've finally un- unpacked the last box. Uh, yeah, Unpacking, uh, a game we took, we had a, a, had a lot of fun with on various streams uh, once uh, earlier this year. Uh, <laughs> doing that brief period in the summer where it like, felt fine to do things and we all got together and did a cool in-person stream um uh and then most recently uh after the game came out uh kato natalie and i did a, a stream where we handed off control of the unpacking uh unpacking is a a, a really neat uh, a game in which it the title is uh as you do um you are presented with these this really gorgeous uh 2d pixel art uh, a bunch of boxes in a room and you open those boxes and you put away those objects. Um, and uh, as you finish each room, you go to a different set of rooms and it's kind of telling the story of uh, this person throughout their lives, kind of weaving this tale of like, what does it mean to pack and unpack? Uh, although I guess in this one, you're, uh, I guess like mild spoilers for unpacking. Like I kept waiting for the shoot to drop to be like, <laughs> all right, Here's where your partner dies or like you've broken up and time to pack all your stuff in the game. Like to its credit, like doesn't like doesn't 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 do that. Like it is it is still, you know, there are like like uh, like kind of echoes of melancholy in it, but not in the like, I don't know, more tragic and dark ways. That was like I felt like was so obviously going to be (laughs) where it went at some point. Um, and my, no doubt they probably had a meeting talking about how they could, but it's not actually where we're unpacking, uh, and ends up going, um, that the, uh, I had been playing the game, like the rhythm I had set up was, uh, part of my morning routine. Like once I finish and the kids out the door, which means then I drop them off, come back home and then clean up everything that was acquired to get them out the door. And usually by the time I do all that, take a shower, maybe work out, uh, and then sit down. I've really only got about like 10, 15 minutes before I need to actually start working. Uh, and so I was like, I would get my, my like, uh, you know, second cup of coffee in the morning. I'd sit down and I do like one of those rooms or as it got more elaborate where I had like six or seven rooms, like a whole house I had to put away. I would do a couple of those and I was just kind of picking at it. Um, and then as we've gotten towards the end of the year, I was like, like I kind of need to. All right, I'm packing like. Let's go. Like we we need to see the the end of this, uh, so I can 
you know, move on to, to playing other stuff. Uh, and that was a mistake. I regret uh, doing that. I do not think you should shotgun unpacking. Um, just not enough changes as you go along. Uh, eventually, I was resenting, oh, these fucking socks again. Great. Got to gotta put these. <laughs> you know what? I don't even care what order they go in anymore. Uh, like just, just put those so socks that in. That is the unpacking experience. Like, it is accurately <laughs> mapping a reality of how you begin to feel about moves. It is, um, but the distance between these moves narratively, I don't, like, I'm with you in, like, when you, especially in your 20s, I feel like is when you do, like, at least that's what I did the most moving. My wife and I, we, I think we move, like, six or seven years in a row because we always knew that we were coming back to the Midwest and our, our stint in California was basically until we got married and wanted to have kids. And like, so it was always a, it was always kind of a ticking time bomb. So we moved every year on purpose. It was like, I want to live in a different neighborhood. I want to be around different things. Like I don't need to have a connection here. So I think only one time did we stay somewhere for, for two years. And that was at the end when we knew we were leaving, my dad had passed and I was like, I just don't, <laughs> I don't need to move into another neighborhood when I know that I'm, that I'm getting out of here. Um, and so I, yeah, I have had that feeling Many a time in which it's like it's actually like went a long way towards like creating the neuroses that I have now of just like not keeping stuff like do I do I really need this box of Game Boy carts that I'm never going to fucking touch again? Most people say yes. I respect your choices. I eventually after the fourth move was like, no, this can go to the goodwill and I can buy this again someday if I want it. One of my biggest regrets and this is genuinely true because of like how much money it took at a time when I probably should not have spent that money. Uh The dumbest thing I ever did when we moved from Wisconsin to Boston, we threw all our shit into a big U-Haul truck and we moved it across country. We could have bought everything we moved for what we spent on that fucking U-Haul. And by the way, then it would have fit in the tiny new Boston apartment. Like you could have bought the dimensions appropriately. (laughs) Yeah. I go back to this decision and it's like, no, we couldn't. And it was like, I have some sympathy in some ways it's sweet because like these things were our treasures. It was like, yeah, we got, you know, our parents bought this for our first place. Uh, You know, they took us and they, they bought some shit for us at Ikea. And so like we have like our Ikea office and that matters a great deal. (laughs) It didn't fit in the new place. It didn't, but it just followed us around. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and we get, we got rid of the stuff so stingily because we were like, no, someday we're going to live in a place that like can fit all this. And we never really did until like the our last stop in Boston, right? Uh, but beyond, like it was just actually the opposite was happening. Each place was getting smaller and smaller <laughs> as rents went up in Boston. Like every, we were like, well, this is our starter place in Boston. It can't get worse than this, right? And then every year is like thing, like, you know, the the interstitial title. Things get worse. Uh, <laughs> it's like okay, well now I need to fit this all into an even tinier space. So the only thing to do now is start stacking it. Um. So nice. yeah, I I regret deeply uh, some moving decisions. We did a similar thing where uh, each of our places got smaller and smaller as time went on but we also had fewer and fewer roommates so like as this so Mm. we never we always took up the same amount of space somehow since like we left college through to now 
uh, we haven't, we've been lucky enough to like not need to get rid of anything, but that's just because we're, the, the difference in space was taken up by less and less people, like needing to share the space with less and less people. But, uh, it's, it's funny. I've been living in the same apartment for like half of my life at this point, <laughs> like same size of space, which is wild. Oh, so it's just the roommates have left the place you already existed in well, over time. Well, no, just like. Like we would, we were in like a big like row home, but it was like five people, and then we would move uh, to like a two two bedroom apartment, but it was like three people. So like the stuff we had took up the same amount of space in either of those places, even though the okay, physical space it. of the entire apartment kept getting smaller and smaller as years go on, and we moved to different places and rents went up. You know. So yeah, it, unpacking is very sweet. Uh, uh, it, it does not have a tragic sad ending it is a very sweet ending um but i i We're actually I would, excited, I would have bet a lot of money a lot the last I, thing you're doing is packing up someone like a deceased character yeah, yeah stuff yeah the most uh um kind of dramatic it gets and it feels dramatic in the context of uh you know this game is you know it's like four hours long maybe a little maybe a little bit longer depending at the pace you know actually the length of the game is really dependent on how much like thought you want to put into you know, displaying a bunch of artifacts that you won't revisit. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, like I've put away these things in here. I'm on to the next, you know, set of rooms. Um, even if there are objects that carry through forward, you're not going to like revisit those spaces in the way that you frequently do in video games where, you know, I'm personalizing my home and I'm always going to come back here. Uh, it's like, that's just not, not what you're doing here. Um, but, uh, you know, for I'd say about the first half of the game, you're going into a space and you're going through that arc of like, oh, I'm a kid. I'm like, I'm a young, you know, uh, like a like a teenager. And then you're going to college for your first time and you're getting your first apartment, yada, yada. Um, and you're always putting away your stuff. You're going into a space. There's furniture. You're putting away your stuff. Um, and then there's uh, a turn where you start interacting with other people, living with other people. And there's one instance in which you are moving into someone, I believe the said was you were moving into someone else's place and their stuff's already there and you can't move it. Like it's just that it's stuck. Like you cannot click. You have to just put your stuff around. And I found that to be like some of the most, no, that was not stressful. I was okay with that. It was stressful in the next level when I could pick it up and they're like, oh, you can move the other shit now. All the stuff that's already here. That's not yours. That is either your roommates or your partners. That wasn't like super clear what the relationship setup was. You can move their stuff and put it in other places. And I found that to be just profoundly stressful. <laughs> I got I got over it when I was like, look, this shampoo situation is a nightmare. Like this, we gotta we gotta do something about this. But um that's where like the like the anxiety of the game comes from. Not from some sort of dramatic narrative turn over like why you're putting away or unpacking a box, but actually just how do you navigate the physical space of others and negotiating uh, almost like silently, like, you know, frequently I, I had roommates in college. Uh, but then when I moved to, uh, California, I'd, I'd been dating my, uh, my wife, girlfriend at the time only for about a year. And I, m- I remember telling her, Hey, I think I love you. And I need to move to California. I don't really want to break up. And I want you to come with me, which means you have to quit your job. But I also can't tell you to then go find an apartment on your own in San Francisco. So even though I'm 22 and I wasn't really envisioning moving in with somebody this early on. 
Like, we should probably live together if we're going to go to California, if you're interested in doing that. And she was, and we moved in together. But then I was, like, immediately in sort of a romantic relationship with somebody. And, like, figure, I feel like that is how you're placing objects, negotiating the day-to-day of, like, what's yours with someone else's is fundamentally different when it's your roommate's. And it's like a partner in which you're like in a physical and emotional relationship with. Um, And so I never really did the thing in my 20s where like I have a career and I've kind of grown up and I have roommates in which we're all having different lives, but we're in the same space. And so I think that's actually where some of the tension in the game came from was like, oh, I've never really had (laughs) this feeling because in college, it didn't fucking matter. We were all just a bunch of drunks getting through, you know, the like, you know, the, the academic week, whereas that kind of, you know, frequently shifts like your relationship to things like that shift in in your 20s. And so I ended up kind of experiencing those emotions through the video game because I never I never really did that uh, myself. I've lived with the same person since I was 22 and just added children to the equation to the equation later. I've. I've talked about. I don't recommend this, but <laughs> MK and I moved in together the night we got together and we did not know we'd made that decision. It just never got unmade. <laughs> oh, like you just stayed, started staying over long enough that it was like, oh, I guess. So we basically, now. yeah. So, I mean, basically like me asking her out or at least like declaring my interest. It was like a multi-hour standoff of like, because the thing is the the start of like when we met, we were very clear about like neither of us before there was even discussion of like us even being interested in each other, just like conversations we'd had. We were both very much in a place where it was like, no, like I I don't want a thing right now. Don't really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so there like months later, I'm like, okay, uh, this would be a pretty substantial revision of like what we both said, our plans. So also known this, as the opposite. Yeah, my this might be enormously selfish of me to even sort of raise, uh, but here we go. And so it ends up being a multi-hour like conversation as we sort of like wind up to uh like me asking her out and then sort of us working through, okay, well, now what's this gonna mean? How do we want to handle this from here? So long story short, by the time like everything is uh, sort of pinned down. It's like three in the morning and she's like, look, having a great time. This is a good conversation. I'm also fucking exhausted. Do you just want to like finish this back up at my room? And it was very clear. We were both so exhausted. Ain't nothing going to happen back at her room. (laughs) Right? Like it was just like, we go back there basically immediately like pass out. And then I just go back there. We're heading into the Labor Day weekend. I just go back the next day after work and we continue like chatting, hanging out. And long story short, like two weeks in, we're like, okay, this is weird. Um, I figure this still feels okay, but you know, at some point you'll probably just want to go back to your own place and that's fine. It won't be weird. It'll just be like, that was a fun two weeks mm-hmm. and it just never happened. So it just turned into <laughs> like us continuing to cohabit. Uh, oh, that's funny. And we never like did do the thing where it's like, we now live in separate places. It should have blown up in our faces. Like it, it absolutely like, in retrospect, I'm like, that was a ridiculous uh, like series of, it wasn't even a series of decisions. It was a series of non-decisions, right? Like it was like a, we're not really moving in. Like, Oh, you're I mean, staying not, over not dissimilar to my setup, which was like, I really don't actually want to move in with you, but 
it would be wildly irresponsible for me to propose anything <laughs> but that. And I think the way I pitched it was like, I think we're going to find out really quickly if like this is going to work. She had family out there. So it's like if somehow it, it didn't work out, she, she did have a, a like a, a backup plan, a fail safe. But it, it felt if yours was a series of uh, unintended, mine was a series of like intended, but like not really to the degree that I like really wanted to to commit to. But it just only seemed like the way the pitch could work uh, was right. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move. I'm not ready to move in, but I'm ready to move in. None of this is meant to be a step on the ladder toward marriage and children. But at the same time, like, <laughs> what am I what am I to do? It's either I break up with you or we yeah. move in together in San Francisco because the only way the money's going to work. Uh, and so. We did, and it, it all worked itself out. But uh, it made for uh, it was a, <laughs> a very accelerant uh, push for my uh, lifestyle uh, in my in my early twenties. So yeah, anyway, unpacking the, very very good yeah. game. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break because we're forty five minutes into this recording. We've talked about a game for approximately thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> so we're yeah we're we're on fire today. Right. Uh, back after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, Kato, uh, for a few weeks, you've hey. been playing... Get in the car, loser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been wondering what that's all about. Get in the car, loser is a, uh, I guess you just call it like a RPG in that it's a story about a road trip between some uh, college friends. It's set in a fantastical world where they're studying and at like a... A magic academy and uh they're basically the world is like this kind of um angels versus demons type fantasy world where the divine order is in charge of everything but the devil machine god is being resurrected somewhere and the divine order is kind of sitting on its ass not doing anything about it um uh so uh you play or like you're kind of the the structure is that you're you're taking the the kind of role of Sam, who is a mage at college, and your best friend Grace is like, get in the car, loser. We're gonna go kill the machine devil. Uh, she steals this artifact from the university that is like the sword of fate, and so the cops are on your ass, so you can't stop moving. And basically, the way this plays out is that you're in a car and as you kind of um, flip through dialogue, uh, you see um, there's uh, basically three lanes in, in in the road and each one is kind of a different option for something that's coming up. There's sometimes like different options for like what battle you're going to hit or if you want to take an off ramp to the next rest stop. And each like 
next dialogue box is another uh it's it counts down kilometers uh is is another kilometer going down basically um so in battle like it's a not um not turn-based but uh the it's a kind of active time battle kind of but a little more a little quicker than that because it's just you're hitting button presses but basically uh, there you have three characters and each of them can um equip uh one of two like different uh types of weapons for themselves so like you've got your tank that has a regular attack and a taunt that you know makes enemies attack them sam has um a heal and a spell that does ravage which is basically a, a kind of stagger meter that enemies have and then um the last character grace has uh regular damage and uh destroy which is like it does extra damage once something is staggered so you've got those mapped basically to the like x y and b keys on like a xbox controller for example you're hitting those those go on cooldown then you can hit right button to swap to a next set of attacks (laughs) okay hold on yeah it's like (laughs) this yeah no i mean but real quick here yeah this is a really dense mechanical like description of a game that i'm not like what's so this is christine love game yes um beyond the beyond like the broad premise what's kind of the hook what's what's sort of grabbing you uh about this game that like you you be on any rpg quest you want right why this one like why why are you why are you getting in the car kata i mean i think i do think the story is is really well written. It's really funny and it's really, I mean, it is like a hundred percent queer. Obviously it's a Christine love game. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, like, uh, you know, the, all the promotion for this game for the past four years or whatever that I've seen. Yeah. Christine tweeting about it. Like that's always the vibe is like, get in the gay car. Yes. <laughs> you know? it is, get in the lesbian car loser. Um, and like, you know, it's just, it's really like the dialogue feels like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess familiar in a way of just like there's I you know I'm in a lot of queer circles online. This is how people talk and like it feels comfortable and like um really funny. Like there's a lot of jokes in here that are you know I don't know like <laughs> gay jokes is a weird thing to say, but like you know if you're if you're in those groups like in in those <laughs> in the discords, 90s if like, you said oh a bunch of gay jokes no that, yeah that was that is. <laughs> Oh, you're a homophobe. And whereas where, where there's a specific type from. of humor that we queer people have, you know, like, um, but a lot of it does have to do with a certain type of like, everyone's kind of dated each other in certain circles type of vibe of like, oh, I know that group of, uh, of, of queer people who like, they're all still friends, but like, they're all also exes in like a million different configurations. Um, and Apart from so this that, is like, like this, this is like RPG as like ensemble comedy. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. And you are like, and it, and it sort of feels like you are sort of joining not the origins of this friend group, but like this is mid. This is midway. Yeah, this is like. Yeah. this is like your character has been crushing on uh, the the character that stole the sword of fate, and they didn't realize that that was happening while they were dating the other character who um, is doesn't go to the academy at all but you've seen at a party before like you've had like they make reference to all like previous interactions but like basically it's sam and grace who are like uh friends and then grace's partner whose name i forget um 
like is coming along for this trip and i'm still pretty early on i think there might be some other characters coming down the down the line but the the other thing is that like it moves at a pace that is like i don't know i talk about a lot about kind of the balance of pacing in rpgs and where sometimes like random encounters or things like that like the the amount of like dialogue to um to like actually like being in a battle can really like throw like the beginning of Shin Megami Tensei not enough story there uh in my opinion and I think they could have done something before hour eight uh as far as like narrative goes but they decided not to um this one I think is it keeps the pace really lively and it helps that I also really enjoying like figuring out the kind of tricks to the mechanics um there it feels it's like active time battle that is not quite to the level of something like indivisible um where that was like that felt like playing a fighting game almost how quickly you were kind of like hitting combos with the different characters this is more about timing getting your staggers right and moving to like you have basically three sets of weapons that you're flipping between so like on one set i have sam healing while the other two are attacking on another set they're all doing kind of stagger damage and then on another set i have the taunt and another support like spell like and at the very end there is like a you can use the sword of fates to do like a ton of stagger damage so you're trying to balance all these different cooldowns because the individual attacks usually have like a two second cooldown the sword of fate obviously takes longer to come back um and um it's all it's all happening in real time in a way that feels like f- frantic like fun to like keep track of as it happens and not like um but like not like you're you're waiting too long to like take the next action like in a like you know throw back to like Final Fantasy 7 ATB where it's like you're taking one action and then waiting a certain amount of time and it's not really um it's more like a quicker turn-based. This is more like uh, closer to real-time battles um, on that end of the real-time active time battle spectrum. Um, but so yeah, it was like, also free. Yeah, that was the other thing uh, I was going to mention. Like the which is really interesting, it, which is the wild DLC, to DLC, me. DLC I think costs like eight eight dollars. Yes, there's um, DLC, it's which basically is, is a kind of almost a tip jar uh, if you like the game. Yeah, so it's like. If any of this sounds interesting to you, like the the writing is really funny. Like it's definitely worth checking out because it's free. Like you can just do that, you know. Um, uh, but also you should buy the DLC because it's also only eight dollars and like I don't know, support independent creators, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, I'm excited to play more of it. I'm a few hours in and uh, really really enjoying just kind of you know, managing all these, there's like so many things to manage in like a really fun way in those battles that, um, I'm excited to see what uh, new wrinkles come kind of further down as it adds more stuff. Yeah. To that's it. very cool. Cause a lot of times like with really narrative, especially like tongue in cheek type stuff, I do tend to pro- maybe wrongly, but I don't, I don't entirely know. I tend to associate that with like, if I'm playing this for like the story beats and the writing, chances are that's going to be intentional with maybe a, a a game game part like game mechanics and and such that maybe is 
only interesting in the context of like all this good writing and character work, but it sounds like uh, the systems a- actually are interesting. Uh, like they're not something you're just putting up with to get right. to the next no. like, story beat. No. Yeah. Like, which I think which, like, as much as I love, like uh, for me to go to like, judgment right Uh i love judgment but like a lot of times um this is a pretty thin uh veneer of like stuff to do right uh around like really well realized uh character work yeah no this i think uh is hitting on on both of those ends really really well and really strongly and like um just like the clever way of also like letting you know like what's coming up and kind of giving the option of like oh you know sometimes uh I know I'm not going to want another battle. I'm just going to go to the rest stop instead. And, uh, or like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try the harder battle this time to see if I can make a little more money. There's also the attention there because you, you do have fuel. So you have to, eventually you will be forced to take a rest stop so that you can refill the car. And then that costs money. So like, there's this whole balancing act can act in the meta later of like, you know, keeping your funds up, making sure you're taking battles that are, aren't too easy. And like, you're not making any money basically, but aren't too hard that you're absolutely going to get wasted. So it's fun. I think it's really, it's really interesting. I'm going to keep plugging away at it. It's, it's also really easy to pick up and play for like 10, 15 minutes and then put back down. Like there's a, there's also a log, like a super well-kept message log so like if you drop it for a day or two and like come back to it you can read through the last couple and be like oh yeah i remember where we were um it's uh it's really great i've been kind of just plugging away like little bits and pieces here and there whenever i have a a minute (laughs) cool um well cubas posted on your progress uh i'm curious where that car eventually goes uh and whether or not like like it's see like I'm, i'm surprised how much it sounds like is there uh, too. Uh, yeah. Like in my head, I sort of viewed this as like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a shorter narrative. Uh, but it sounds like it's it's in that JRPG tradition of like expansive. We'll see. We'll see how long it goes on for. But so far, I've been enjoying it. So just a quick check in for me. Something I have just started to get into uh, over break is the not promisingly titled Sherlock Holmes Chapter One. Mm hmm. Uh, it's a Frogwares Sherlock Holmes game, and that is less descriptive than you might think because that is a series that has evolved quite a bit over the years. Like what a Frogwares Sherlock Holmes game means has changed a lot since they started making these ages and ages ago. This one's weird. Um, for one thing, I'm still trying to work this out. So we've now gone well, this, back. This, in time. One, this game comes after they've em- embraced like a kind of bigger. Maybe not quite open world, but like much larger, like swaths of geography that they're they're like placing their style of games. Yes, um, you know, like the Sunken City being, you know, probably the best example of like ah, like this is where Frogwares is going. And then my understanding was th- this Sherlock Holmes game was supposed to be taking that ambition and then matching it up with what they've done in the past. You know, uh, most of my experience with these games is like old tweets from like Justin McElroy, you know, dunking on, on, on these games in a, in a, in a way of saying they, that they also like them, but like, that's most of my experience with these games. And also just people being like, they're actually really good for as weird they are. Um, and I think, 
and I think that is the the that part is unchanged because this one <laughs> is really uh, weird. Let me see if I can actually pull up a screenshot for you that I took uh, the other day. But to give you a quick uh, rundown, so we've now gone sort of back to the start uh, as far as Sherlock Holmes goes. Like now, now he is very young again. Uh, we are not dealing with sort of a mid-career Holmes. We were dealing with uh, Holmes sort of at the start of his of his work, um, and they have basically turned him into steampunk cosplayer uh, Ben Wishaw. Uh, like, like mm-hmm. literally that is, that is who he is, but there's a major twist, which is that he is accompanied by what appears to be his imaginary friend, John Watson. <laughs> huh. Um, and it doesn't take Wait. long before you start like realizing, like, I think to a degree, they might even be playing on the fact that, um, you've seen the creepy Watson meme. Uh, right, where, that's, that that yeah. is yeah. Like I that that is like the, it is that the you know. And I remember I think the McElroys are like where I discovered that like meme in in the first place of from those games. Yeah, where he would sort of materialize because they couldn't <laughs> animate him walking around. Uh, so you, so just, he, you would tur- you would turn around and like ah Watson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here that's happening. Um, you what are, are you a ghost. Yeah, like it is so clearly like six sensing where like you are accompanied by by John, uh, but everyone else is just only addressing you. And Sherlock's like, yeah, we'll take uh, we'll we'll take the biggest room you got or whatever. And he uses the he but he uses the word we. Yeah, he is aware. He he is aware. He says, "Okay, this is so this is the thing. Holmes is aware that only he can see what John. (laughs) He's just rolling with it. <laughs> um, other people like are other people confused when he says we or does everyone else know that he can see Watson and they can't and they've accepted that. Oh, this I, is just this I think is just family knows. Should. But like most of the time, people are just not acknowledging it. Right. Like it's it's sort of <laughs> doing the sixth sense thing where if somebody uses a plural and there's only one person there. Most people are just not going to dig into it. They're just going to be yeah. like, okay, sure. Like, uh, it says this room was booked for two people. Uh, yeah, that's right. But I think you can just give me both the I mean, keys. nobody cares when the queen okay. does it. Right. It's it's the, it's the royal plural. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what's going on. Um, but the other thing is, so you have access to, because I'm pretty sure this is Watson. They haven't said it explicitly, but like, your imaginary friend, John is writing down everything you do and like building out little stories about like his friend, Sherlock. Also, he is aware that he's an imaginary friend. Um, There's like, this is such a weird game. Like I haven't even gotten to like any of the mystery stuff, but like this whole thing is orbiting the fact that Sherlock Holmes is navigating the world alone, but accompanied by his invisible friend, John beyond that. I think it's like it's sort of dealing with him uh, addressing like the fact that his mother just passed the the game is opening on him uh, traveling to sort of pay his respects um, and there's going to be a lot of stuff about his past bubbling up but like it opens with a little like tutorial case and this is the thing where we talked about detective games a little bit ago I think Frogwares is still kind of 
I think uh, like I have always felt that they actually had gotten really good at building like detective mechanics back around the times of like Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, uh, where they had like really decent and intuitive senses of like, here's how you're building out deductions here. They've created like a series of mini games that don't really require it's It's like a series of like really kind of annoying hidden object games. And you have like four different versions of these that have their different mechanics. Um, and there's some really strange ones too. Like at one point you overhear, you can overhear people having a conversation, but you don't overhear the conversation. Instead, you play a timed mini game where phrases pop up and you have to quickly mm. swipe up or down based on whether or not you want to keep it as a clue or discard it as irrelevant information. And so you don't hear the conversation. You just get these out of context phrases and it's like, all oh, but that's a clue about someone put that up in the, in, in the evidence log. Oh God. And if you don't move through it fast enough, you don't get all the clues that the conversation contains. Um, and so you just like, don't glean what you need. Cat, catch me. Just Fucking Ben mashing the clue button. Just what if that they're all clues? It's all important. Yeah, it's I am utterly baffled by <laughs> like some of these systems. There's there's places. Oh, here's the other thing. The, the thing that maybe drives me like craziest is um. so you have to pin certain clues. And it's like, it's what's on your mind. And that controls when you go up and talk to NPCs to be like, are you a witness to a thing? You have to have the right clue pinned for them to like tell you stuff. And so <laughs> you, you're walking up to people and being like, excuse me, could you? And if they have information, you don't get like a cutscene or dialogue relating to it. Instead, you get a very vague, like, oh, yes, of course, I know all about that. And then you get, like, a text log with a piece of information about the case. But if you do not have the right clue in mind that you're, like, picturing it in your head when you talk to someone, uh, nothing happens. They're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so you <laughs> you have to go into your evidence board and, like... Which is in your you brain. Just, Pick the stuff that seems like you'd you'd want to be asking about, but it doesn't take long before the case is like there's four different pieces of information that sort of circle an idea. And so which of the four pieces of information do you want to ask people about? You have four clues. Which one do you want active? Um, this seems to be so needlessly convoluted. Do you just swap them in and out and talk to the same person four times? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, that was, like, that yeah, was, was that's like, why I that's why I called it. Needlessly, like we solved this through a thing called menus, um, where uh, what would you like to ask about dialogue trees? The idea that you, yeah, yeah, the, uh-huh. the notion of going back out to a main attribute menu and changing what's equipped. That's weird. It's like weird. It's weird. Busy work. Yeah. So it's like, and here's the other part that like I am not. I think they actually went to the system a couple games ago, and I do not know how I feel about it. So the little tutorial case, you identify two leading suspects. Hmm. You can build equally convincing cases against either of them. There is no way you can build a case that excludes the other. You can't do it. Like you yourself can't come up with a theory of the case that like excludes all other theories. Instead, you just pick 
which of the two convincing theories of the case you're going to go with. And that they, you're like, I'm just going to accuse this person. And then am I going to like turn them into the police or am I going to show them mercy and like allow them to get away? So at the end of this case, like I had two people who were equally like guilty seeming. Um, and the game's like, yeah, you can accuse either one. There's no information to no further information you can get. You just have to pick one, which is like the opposite of Holmesian for me, where it's it becomes an arbitrary like, yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> so I did. And by the way, I did go with the fuck this guy option. Um, Good. Great. Like I like there was there was a dude who just seemed like a bad seed and uh, it was like maybe you, he's not guilty for this, but he's guilty for something else. Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. So I threw the fucking book at him. I was like, this guy seems like the type to just rage out and strangle somebody. So I'm just going to make the accusation. And as you begin making this like the uh, the accusation scene. I'm like, I feel less and less good about this pick. Like the guy's <laughs> arguments are like, yeah, I can't actually refute that. The game didn't let me. Uh, and he's like, but I already told you about that. Like, you're just, I told you why this, why, why I would, why it seems like I would be guilty here. I told you where I was. I know it's a weak alibi. And Holmes is like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, shit, did I just let the killer walk free? And then the then it just moves on. It's like, well, you sent this guy to the police and uh, mm. case closed. And I'm like, is it? Is it really closed? Is this like that? Is there going to be a scene back that- at the end of the game at all? <laughs> Right. That's that's the thing is uh, and the the fact the guy's like being carted off being like, uh, I'll get you for this, Holmes. Uh, it's the last thing I do. I'm like, I wonder if like later in the game, this is going to come back up. But the, the thing that's really frustrating is. Like. Is every case going to be like this? The memory mm. serves. When I played Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments, I want to say there were some arbitrary solutions in that as well. And like, it's a weird decision because I guess on the one hand, you're opening up replayability. On the other hand, though, like kind of ends the case on a sour note, right? Right. Mm. Uh, Where you just kind of picked a name out of a hat, but it doesn't really feel like you solved a case um and in fact your theory of the case ends up because it because it can't exclude another competing theory ends up feeling really weak um and so that like it just didn't it didn't sit super well um but this doesn't sound great rob well but the thing is (laughs) it's got a good vibe is, well, is, sure. All 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 the Frogwares games have have well, they have a vibe. You know, I haven't I haven't played enough of them to to articulate it. But it, um, I mean, it sounds like maybe the, maybe some of the swings they take here, trying to shake up their own formula, don't really work. But it still has it's got that I don't know that like little something that makes Frogwares games Frogware. Um, is that just in the writing? Because it doesn't seem like it's in the in the gameplay of like the mystery solving that part. No, it's, it's definitely like in the writing uh, in terms of Holmes being a bit of a young prick is the way I would put it. Um, like one of the things that 
really he's very morally absolute in the opening hours of this game. And it's kind of John who ends up being like, Hey dude, you're, you're talking out your ass. You like, don't know what you're talking about. And so part of it is also this, this feels like one of the things that's in play is kind of a version of how are we going to break this Holmes down and turn him into the slightly more decent guy he becomes in a lot of the mysteries. Um, but then of course there's, there's also, uh, the fact that you can dress him up in different outfits. You see his hop, though. You know, huh. or, you know. Seems I feel like people, you know, he's a good looking. This is, I guess, this is like you can. There's different outfits you'll be able to like, and it seems like they have different properties. Um, I'm very intrigued Wait. where this goes, <laughs> but he's yeah. got some uh, Tetsuya Nomura ass. Belt. There's some, dude, some belt, the belts screen. are starting to encroach here. This is like, yeah. And by the way, is this is wallet? supposed to be like 1913. And this is how Holmes is dressing. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got he's got a massive like chain loop uh off his hip. And like, what's going on with this jacket hem? It's like he's got a leather liner to his jacket and it's what permanently is- pinned back. What? You got to get those know. tails out of the way. You can't be detecting with tails hanging off your butt. I must have it. <laughs> That's the thing is I'm like, I'll play until I'll, I'll play to see where this where this goes. Um, I, and I hopefully it's just kind of a a dud starting case. Uh, but mostly I'm kind of curious about like, why is Watson? And I, I'm assuming it's Watson, though. They've made a point of only calling him John. Why does Holmes have an imaginary friend? Like, what is going on here? It, it, it the, I guess the thing, Patrick, the, that I'm trying to answer is like, this is the opening of the story and it feels like, I feel like I've missed a great deal. And that's <laughs> kind of what's caught my attention here hmm. is like, this is a weird, uh, take on Holmes and I'm all for that. And so I, I'm, I guess I'm the, the mystery I'm trying to unravel is the character of Sherlock Holmes here in chapter one. What is this game? Yeah. What is, what, what's this about? Uh, I think by by the way, I think this maybe like it needs to be a good game because I do not think Crimes and Punishments was well received mm-hmm. um, by people who like like this series. That was sort of them leaning into a more like production values got very high, but like case construction was not really there. But I'm not sure they've solved it. Right, like, it still feels like kind of poorly conceived mini games are holding this together. Um, mm. and there's places where it doesn't really feel like good detective work. But at the same time, like it's stylish. It does have like vague uh, vampire vibes. So, you know, I'm a sucker where's for this. Van- where's Vampire 2, man? Fuck, you didn't finish that game, did you? No, I did. I did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Oh, great game. What a wonderful game. It really falls yeah. apart in the last third, but it's really good. <laughs> Dude, and games. I cannot believe I replayed. I didn't realize when it started falling off it, I was basically at the start of the part where it falls apart. Like I replayed the entire game and I was like, all right, now for new stuff. And I was like, oh, this is not good. The new stuff sucks. The end of this. And then it's like, you know, who's behind this all along? A blood monster. And I was like, oh, fuck. I know. I know. But that first that first half, two thirds is so it and it did really well. They've they, they have strongly implied that they're going to make a sequel, um, which I 
that game sequel could be in like a like an all time banger. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. crossing my fingers for that. Yeah, that, and yeah here I'm just kind of like, taking the placebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like like that studio is my Frogwares. Like Frogwares doesn't do anything for me. Like that's dude, Life is Strange, Vampire. Like Vampire. Like that's anything they don't touch. Like, mm, I'm, just I'm right in. here. Yeah, don't nod is yeah. my Frogwares. Is is what, is what I've, <laughs> I've learned from this conversation. All right, uh, should we get into some emails, or did you want to touch on Ruined King? No, we'll save it for then, and you can just promise to me that you'll watch the first episode of Arcane between now and Thursday. All right, I will. <laughs> and then Rob's going to message me, and he's going to say, I watched six episodes of Arcane. I see. Do I don't know. I Like, I don't. It's really, it's, I'm shocked that Kato hasn't watched it. The fact that I'm the one sitting here being like, you should watch the vaguely anime-ish uh, cartoon video game adaptation. I, just, I, I, know I have legend. to get over. Doesn't like, matter, man. Doesn't matter. Don't, could not. I've never played a, 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 a Dota game in my life. Uh, well, what did you just League say? Of it's League it's of Legends. It's League. It's all the same shit. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh my god! I can hear the emails happening. As no, but here's the. But here's the. This right is where I want to put them in the spam filter. That's where. <laughs> that's where all the the, the the emails go. I just. This is the thing. Is like I feel like if I get into this, I'm letting league of legends win in that for ages they were like our lore matters and i'm like no it fucking doesn't your lore doesn't mean shit like it's just they're just little cartoons little cartoons that fight what if the lore doesn't matter but then like you just hand it over the lore to a bunch of people who are like all right what are we going to do with this shit like is there some way that we can construct this into something interesting and it turns out they did hey just go watch the first episode come back we'll we'll, we'll dig into it later and i can yeah i started playing the the rpg that would that came out alongside it um and that's interesting for uh, its combat, but we can we'll save that for Thursday. I'll play more of it before then. All right, sounds good. Uh, so, emails. We heard a lot about uh, that whole water bottle Camelback situation. Mm. People, I the one the one thing before we get into that is that people really think there was like a consistent uh, in a couple of discussions I saw about it. People really like we're like you. They're really giving this guy the benefit of the doubt that he just had what what I have of like the the big Camelback, you know, water. Hang on, like, do you call it a Camelback? No, no. This is so. This is the thing. Yeah, and I so saw this a conspiracy is, this, theory. And this is where yes. Yeah, so we're we're, we're 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 hitting at the same point. Oh was God. that I, that's just my water bottle? It's just a Camelback because it was bigger than the other one. It's very sturdy. You can throw it around. Um, when people. I've never even I didn't even realize it was a camelback until I looked at it. I was like, oh, I do have one of those. That's that water bottle I use two or three times a week uh, in my rotation. And then people acutely or astutely pointed out that any motherfucker that calls it a camelback probably has what Rob was getting at, which is like, no, they have the whole apparatus and we're giving this over, which really God, at that point, there would be no ambiguity in our discussion. It all would have been everyone (laughs) saying you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout outs to everyone who tweeted at me, though, and being like, I think you're right, Kato. It'd be fine. It's all about timing in the line. Oh, my God. Who is this like one person said this to <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, no, no, I'm trying to get emails about like verifying. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But on <laughs> oh the other hand, God. on the other hand, someone emailed with, I think, Great. a different take on it. But I think one which before this conversation I would have, I would have shared to some degree, which is it's a water bottle, guys. That was that was one anonymous email that came in, but like basically, come on, like we're making should this guy we, out to be the on. devil. Like who gives? If like, somehow you didn't listen to the last podcast, we should probably give a brief synopsis. <laughs> we had somebody write in we're because so they got a up. weird vibe as they were at the second pay, uh, pickup window 
of the Taco Bell, they as after they took their food, they asked the person at the window to fill their camelback with water. That's how they phrased it. Like we don't, and then we we didn't have any. Well, there was a lot of person specified over. it was a water bottle, but they also called it their camelback, and so right. this is the origin of the like. Does anyone call a, cam- a water bottle a camelback if it's camelback branded? Like there are people online who are convinced this person could not own up to the fact that they passed a backpack <laughs> full of a water bladder <laughs> and a little drinky straw across the window and made no. some service work. Is that what it's called? It. Is that what it's called? You pull up the specs on the Camelback website. It's like, and this is our this is the 100% new tech but drinky straw. Well, uh, <laughs> drinky tech. Uh, by the way, yeah, I mean, we used to have one too. Um, they're they're nifty. Uh, but I can't imagine asking someone to talk well to fill it. But like a lot of people were like, there's no way this person. Anyway, the point is person wrote in because they got a weird vibe when they put in mm-hmm. this request and the person sort of grudgingly filled their camel back, whatever that means. And uh, the, the person writing in was like, am I, can I never go back to that Taco Bell? Like, am I just done? So we had a whole conversation and, and Kato came with a very good theory of like, well, actually the reason this is not a good move is because if you're doing it at that second pickup window, like you're interfering with the entire smooth operation of the Taco Bell. Like this is a, like the, the whole Everyone working there yeah. is like crushed into a system where everything just has to be sort of seamless. They're and all now on you've timers. Sort of I think there's sand like sand in the gears. I think there's like physical timers in some uh, fast food restaurants that they have to like finish orders by, given what they're like plugging into the system. So, but on the other hand, like if it was a water bottle, like to an extent, aren't we all just making a little too much out of this? Mm. And uh, got some good emails about that. Uh, Dale wrote in. Hey, y'all, I've been trying to put my finger on the faux pas committed by James when he asked for his water bottle to be filled up at the second window. As someone that spent a good amount of time working in restaurants, I also felt my hackles instinctually raise the second the water bottle came into play. Of course, what he did was pretty reasonable, right? He saves them a cup. He doesn't have to deal with the hassle of transferring water from vessel to vessel. I'm sure he was polite enough in his request I think the real problem here is bigger than either party involved. Obviously, part of the issue is issue there is just how people in the food service industry are treated in general, from pay to the kind of behavior they're expected to weather. As a service worker, I felt myself hardened in those conditions, and your workplace turns into a sort of fortress that you're defending yourself and your coworkers within, and suddenly small requests like that turn into another item in a long list of weird bullshit you're trying to beat away while trying to maintain your final bits of sanity. Short of keeping the water bottle in his car and never, ever thinking about mentioning the water bottle, I don't think there's anything James could have done. I don't think he's become persona non grata at his local Taco Bell, but I do think the water bottle's just going to have to be his own responsibility. Bigger things are going to have to change before we can live in a world where a pretty reasonable request like that is met with anything other than an eye roll. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good take. That's a good take. (laughs) That's a, it's like a much more reasoned explanation for my response of pure disgust at <laughs> even proposing the request. That's like that's like someone who like thought through the structures of society where I'm just like just don't hand your gross water bottle over, just don't do it. Like, come on, keep it. You, you got options. So, KT wrote in. 
I'm writing a response to a question you recently addressed with regards to a Taco Bell drive-thru and a Camelback water bottle. Taco Bell was my first ever job and most of my shifts were in the window. I haven't worked for the company in a little over a decade and obviously geography factors into things, but here's my take. I remember taking a few travel cups to fill up at the window and it didn't seem like a big deal as long as the lid was already off. However, something important to understand is that at Taco Bell, there is a set of timers for the drive-thru. One measures time spent at the speaker and the other measures time from arriving at the speaker to leaving the window. If either of them pass a certain threshold, you get beeped at. I only know that these are used in different locations because of all the times I've pulled up to a window on a busy day and heard that beeping from the customer side. At my store, if our times were too high, people would lose hours. It wasn't always something that the managers watched, but when it was an issue, it was an issue. This is why Kata was right. If you wait until the food and sauce and napkins are all in a bag and handed off to you, and then you hand over your water bottle, you've made it impossible for the people at Taco Bell to do any sort of multitasking. It's rare that you as a customer can really do anything to help those workers evade the tyranny of the drive-thru timer, and it's rare that they can do much to get out of a hole once a rush interferes with their times, but this is one situation in which you can make a difference. Beyond that, unless you go to a location very frequently, it's unlikely that anyone will remember you for the water bottle thing. If you want to be safe, maybe wait two weeks before you go back. If you want to become a legend... Go back with a water bladder. <laughs> no. Thanks, KT. Jesus Christ. I feel like the the oh. uh, discovery that there these timers are part of like the process for fast food restaurants only emboldens my argument of like just don't just like don't. You, do don't not do ask them to do anything more than what is required to like because you just don't know now I can't know. Like, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that. Is there a button? Is there ever. a button that can press that's like fill up water, but they don't give you a cup if you ask for it at the speaker? Like if it becomes a part of the transaction in that way, will the timers work out? Who's to say? The fucking yeah, timers like, are I, terrifying now. <laughs> I uh, wasn't a timer, but uh, one of my uh, early jobs was at like the local AMC, the movie theater, and I... Like, the way my friends and I would get summer jobs is we'd all apply to the same places so we could all work together. So, it's like, we're all working at Jewel this summer. Uh, we're all working at AMC. Uh, and it just made the time go by better at, like, you know, whatever crummy, you know, high school job that you had. And so, different friend, like, one friend would work at tickets, one friend, can, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, you know, an usher. So, I was in concessions. Um, and I got in trouble one time because I was told uh, – I was making too many mistakes and not mistakes in that customers were getting the wrong item and were complaining in that they ordered, let's say, a medium. I put in a large and then realized I'd made a mistake. Change it in the display. They counted how many times you press the digital display what? and they averaged that out based on what you should actually be pressing for the minimum number of, oh of presses. God. And if you go above a threshold – then your manager pulled you aside Jesus. to say that you need to you need to be more careful about what you're putting in because you're increasing your you know you know average time per customer. Um, and I remember that was the moment where I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> like I I, uh, I mean, there's a lot of moments like that. I genuinely kind of liked that job. Like you know, working movie theater was 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 harmless and like the nice part about the. The fact that it was like really busy and then like you did nothing for 45 minutes was kind of a neat part of it. But that, yeah, I had a similar instance where 
uh, they fucking nailed me to the wall because I because I correctly identified a mistake I made before I made the mistake and then was told don't make that mistake. Um, that sucks. So maybe, maybe maybe this is me remembering the story is illuminating why I'm irritated at the thought of an additional ass because you don't know <laughs> how those people are being fucking measured um, for their for their job performance. Yeah, I mean, like. I didn't realize this stuff had gotten down to the fast food level as much. I remember when a friend of mine was looking for work and he went to one of the big UPS facilities outside Chicago. And when he was there waiting to be interviewed, um, like the little anteroom where you're, you're sort of waiting to talk to a, a hiring manager overlooks the facility. And one, it's just this like, gargantuan uh like aircraft factory size space uh where you know boxes are whipping across conveyor belts and machines and then workers are you know racing back and forth moving stuff from point a to point b but along with that there was like in this little room where they're they're like inducting potential new hires there was like a fucking uh i what's the way to put it like a propaganda radio uh, message what? of like, I am here to give 110%. I am reliable. I am UPS. I am. And it's just like a series of like all these things, like not quite hustle culture, but it was like, are you willing to, do you have the stuff to submit yourself to this machine? <laughs> and as, as he's sitting there, he's like realizing I do not like these things, <laughs> these virtues they are listing are not virtues I possess. And by the way, the expression uh. of those virtues outside is like watching people being like racing around programmed, like little automatons. Um, and so by the time the interview like rolled around, he's like, actually, I think I'm, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to go get a different job. But like when I was at McDonald's, the only thing that like where timers became really kind of tyrannical was like, the food prep because everything is sort of timed down to the second there. Um, but like the machine ran well enough that it wasn't like it, the franchise that I was at, you needed to be timing. Like how long are people taking to like bring orders up to the windows? Like if things are going wrong there, like people would know, but like by and large, the production of the food was like well engineered enough that like without it feeling like you're being super, superly uh, like observed, everything just sort of came together um, and it just kind of worked. The notion that, oh, no, like me standing at this payment window, I've got a little fucking beeper uh, that's like squawking at me because I wasn't fast enough hustling the food out the, the door. Uh, that's, that's wild to me. That sounds, uh, that sucks. Um, also, so we got a view from a different place. Uh, someone wrote in, they work at Starbucks, uh, asked their name be withheld because Starbucks has a, uh, pattern of, uh, firing workers who speak out in public. Jesus. Uh, well, and go they're to, currently engaged I mean, in busting up a union in Buffalo, I want to say. I was going to say, yeah, go uh, check out all the excellent reporting happening at Motherboard about how fucked it is to work at Starbucks. Or it, it seems like it's fucked to work at Starbucks. And then yeah. if you're, like, thinking about organizing, um, the efforts they go to to shut down even a single store is quite uh, remarkable. Uh, so uh, this person writes, I heard the question about the proper etiquette for asking for free water at fast food and thought I would chime in. Having worked at Starbucks for the past two years, your options are 
asking for water at the register. This is the preferred method. The barista on the register can handle it as part of the order, which will send a separate drink tag to the barista on the espresso bar, and it will be included in your total number of items. Asking for water when picking up an order. Annoying, but tolerable, and mostly slows down the espresso bar barista making drinks and handing out other customers' orders. Like Natalie said, Starbucks had paused accepting reusable cups during the start of the pandemic for fears of surface transmission of COVID, but now allows reusable cups. Is asking for water at the end of your order annoying? Yes, but it's not the most annoying thing that is happening on a daily basis. The current contender for that is sugars and cream for coffee. Prior to the pandemic, Starbucks had a sugar bar with a set of milk crafts where customers could add in whatever toppings they desire. During the height of the pandemic, the milk and sugar were put behind the counter out of reach of customers to reduce having to sanitize all surfaces every 30 minutes. Now, Starbucks is making the change permanent to have the milk and sugar behind the counter. Customers who want milk and sugar need to specify how much milk half and half, heavy cream, 2%, whole, non-fat coconut, almond, or oat milk, and how many of the six types of sugar they want in their coffee. We put the milk and sugar in the coffee ourselves, but some customers still ask to have sugar and cream put on the side. The situation is a huge pain in the butt and holds up the line to make three coffees or 10 sugars and cream, which the customers could have added themselves. Most customers still expect sugar and cream to be available in the lobby, and then asking for milk and sugar to the already busy espresso barista. Uh, Add to that the fact that some customers ask for a black coffee and then ask why there isn't any sugar or cream in the coffee, and I look for the nearest window to jump out of. Shout out to my fellow baristas trying to unionize in Buffalo, New York, where Starbucks is attempting to crush them. Fuck capitalism, go home, away point barista. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, I... I like so that that smacks of some CEO somewhere looking at a like number sheet and be like, wow, we saved some money on sugar this year, huh? <laughs> I, so and also like here's the one thing I will say, though, um, Starbucks was actually Starbucks tends to be pretty well run, I would say, and at least for my friends who work there early in their expansion, mm-hmm. always said it was a pretty good place to work and, and did give a shit about like quality of experience i'm not sure that's as true anymore um but they're better about this but something i i have run into a lot is man that uh creamer bar was just a locus of like (laughs) bad milk and spoiled cream like most coffee shops where like you you had to really like just take a leap into the darkness uh where you're like yeah i do it's it is 1130 in the morning and I am going to put their half and half in my coffee. I trust that this has been properly maintained at the right temperature and has not been sitting out since six in the morning with this with the uh, thermos like seal unscrewed because people don't ever turn that back. Um, so I can sort of see why Starbucks felt that had to go uh, because, yeah, like so many coffee shops, you go there and it's like, all right, time to go to the cream bar and figure out which of these things is turned. Ugh. I don't yeah. know. I feel like a lot of the places around here have figured it out. I don't know what they do, but like it's safe, but I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't trust the Starbucks one for some reason. It feels like there's just like obviously too overworked. Like too many people yeah. are going to Starbucks. Go to yeah, the other I, ones. Support your local local cut cafe. <laughs> that's what I do. That's where I work. I support so. 
I, yeah. I feel blessed that I never had to do the the corporate fast food, just the uh, local mom and pop fast food. No timers okay, there, luckily. <laughs> I have felt that the sausage, egg, and cheeses, the two cafes near me, have both declined steeply in quality, and oh, I think no. it's a supply chain issue. Like, Ooh. there was a day where I was like, biting into it, I was like, this is the most rubbery, disgusting-looking like sausage patty. And by the way, Damn. my standards are not high for this. Like, <laughs> I know what I'm getting. I know they're right. just taking the shit out of right. the freezer and, like, microwaving the components together. And, like, that's where my... Sa- I, I am comfortable with that. I'm not expecting them to be like, yes, go down to the farm and see if uh, Farmer Brown <laughs> has slaughtered some of his curd and uh, <laughs> has sausage ready. No, like, I know what I'm getting. But, like, there's been a steep drop-off, like, really suddenly... And all I can think is, man, that supply chain is at it. Like, I think that, I think both the cafes reached the conclusion that, like, we either can't get the source we usually had or it's too expensive. Yeah. And so now they're, like, it, it, just, like, right on the edge of, like, fit for human consumption. <laughs> like, I'm, like, can't do it. I won't do it. I'm just. So now I'm ordering egg and cheeses. Has the price And changed? adding sausage at home. No. No. Well, there, no. there it is. And yeah. That's the thing. All the, all the that's spots the thing. around here decided to go the other way, which was we're not dipping quality, but everything is going up in price. Everything is uh, more expensive now. <laughs> one place tore the bandaid off with price like yeah. three months ago where yeah. they made a big they made a big show of like, hey, we have crossed out all the prices listed on our little whiteboard to show that they're being marked up. And here's an explainer. Uh, so there was that mm. uh, to that, however, to. To cost controls, Matt writes in, this is mostly for Rob because he seems like he could be convinced to do this. <laughs> Rob, have you considered roasting your own coffee? It's amazing. Oh, my God. You can even get an entry level drum roaster for a little over 500 bucks <sighs> with a nice scale and eight pounds of coffee from Sweet Maria's. I started the summer, and now I have over 30 pounds of single-origin coffees in my house that were like six bucks a pound. Just make what I want when I want it. I think this week, I'll have a Kenya AA. Next week, I'll make this yellow honey process from Costa Rica. Coffee that costs $20 a cup can be found for as little as $15 a pound. Anyway, have a nice holiday, folks. Moi, Matt. Matt writing with a little it. Jeff Bacalar sign off, but uh, <laughs> where? So how how big are these things? Because the, I've only ever seen we have to Google it industrial size roasters, right? Like that shit is not gonna fit in your apartment. You barely fit in there right now. Well, see, how <laughs> you don't understand is in phase six of the, fa- <laughs> of the family room um, uh, uh, when uh, Rob knocks down a couple walls. Uh, we're actually going to have a lot no. more layout to work with. No, kind of look at this. What is it? They're, they're small. There's, There's little personal ones. Oh. They're the size of a toaster oven. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. That can't be. This could even, be us. Evenly roasting coffee. Couldn't it? Look, I don't, mm, I don't trust myself to roast shit. I, I'm sure there's like all sorts of shit that I need to know about temperatures and I amount of time so. that. Otherwise, like, what's the point? It's not fun, right? Oh, five hundred and seventy-five dollars. Yes, yeah, Sweet Maria's drum roasters. Uh, yeah, these look great. These look great. Where are you gonna get green beans from? 
I am sure that once I've got the drum roaster, I will find, okay, yeah, uh, so, hey, Roasting Basics, Choosing Green Coffee, let's, let's click that link. Oh, great. Uh, he's, down the, he's down the fucking rabbit hole, folks. He's gone. By the way, I just have to chime in. <laughs> yeah. There is a vibe among Waypoint email writers uh-huh. that I'm suggestible and like could mm-hmm. easily be convinced to just do stuff if you dangle it in front of me. Yeah, this is. Um, I think uh, I've known you. I've known you uh, closely for five years now. That is an ac- that is an accurate reading <laughs> of Rob Zachney. Well, I not disagree. Just, not just anything, but if it's already in the wheelhouse, I feel like that's the ticket in, right? Like his, he's already his, his. It's true, but his wheelhouse <laughs> is always expanding. <laughs> this Rob's issue. <laughs> God. <laughs> flash forward to six months from now somehow a my, my nas and my 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 single my personal drum roaster are like occupying the same spot in my apartment mm-hmm. you yeah, got the combination nas and nas and roast roaster <laughs> they take the heat off of the hard <laughs> drive <laughs> could i use the waste heat from my rig to roast coffee Cicado, this oh is my god now imagine uh, like Take that little carbon footprint, yeah. Shrink it. That's oh, me. Just beautiful. Because I'm using all that energy that this gaming rig uh, kicks out, and I'm using it to roast coffee. That's that'll be me li- living the dream. Uh, I'm just right, last excited the- for our cyberpunk future, where it's like all one machine, and I think that I think that sounds great. Uh, by the way, last email for today: Why Kato is so mean. What? <laughs> There's a lot of detail on the Drivatar system in this YouTube video, uh, <laughs> link included, and in that it explains that the Drivatars try to borrow as much as they can from how you drive, the cars you like, the turns you often wipe out on, how aggressive you are. This is all for Forza. But here's the key quote explaining how Drivatars are made to be more professional. The AI control layer goes one step further, this is the developer speaking, by having Drivatars avoid collisions with players you don't have on your Xbox friends list, <laughs> leaving your friends to deal with the more annoying digital version of you <laughs> racing alongside them. So, unfriend Kato, problem solved. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ingenious though, the Drivatar system generating beef yeah uh just by virtue starting shit uh, yeah (laughs) having having the ai car uh start some shit all right so that is a wrap on today's episode of waypoint radio if you want more from waypoint you can follow us on twitter at waypoint facebook and youtube waypoint vice you can follow me on twitter at rob zachney patrick at patrick clubbing kato at a underscore kato underscore appears uh, if you just want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. Not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're helping support Waypoint and especially Waypoint streams. Uh, this uh, this week, I think Natalie and I, we're, we're sort of in the post game of Inscription. Uh, we're playing a different card game now. Uh, it's it's like there's two games in one. We beat one and now like there's a cool little Wakato well, said it specifically was not an epilogue, but I it feels like an epilogue to me. Uh, so Natalie yeah, and I are, quick, are working on that. Quick uh, victory lap is all that is. Don't yeah. worry about it. Speaking of epilogues, we are also watching the Matrix sequels uh, this this week. We'll be posting the episode 
next week. Uh, but we'll be doing, we'll be recording on uh, Reloaded and Revolutions this week with Gita Jackson. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be available on the Waypoint Plus feed. Questions? Send in your questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Will we get to them? Probably not. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we did decide to do two long ass movies in one podcast. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, send a minute. Sometimes they will like inform the framework of our discussions if we're looking yeah. for sort of like talking points. So it, it, even if even if you don't get it doesn't get asked, it is still it's true. Useful. It's true. A lot of times we actually just end up stealing your questions because mm-hmm. we've read them. But then we have the conversation as part of the podcast. And then when it's time to like look at our questions, we already answered the questions because they were good questions, but we posed them as our own. So we look smarter. <laughs> uh, wow. And that's and that's how and, and that I don't do this because I don't have Waypoint access to the emails. <laughs> <laughs> our theme music is the, is by Bowen the track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N uh, that's us calling time on this mo- this Tuesday's episode we'll talk to you again on Friday until then fuck capitalism go home When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.